second and victory podcast. We are sad. We are defeated. Uh, but we had to get back together again for another episode of the second and victory podcast. Welcome in. My name is Austin Nelson, and I'm always joined by my two co-hosts, Brett Bachelor and Chris Carter. Before we get started, pause what you are doing, pause this podcast, and go and follow us on Twitter at Second and Victory. Uh, we are always posting good content there and uh, keeping you updated on the latest Titans news and things like that. Um, so at Second and Victory, and make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Um, leave us a review, rate us five stars, all that good jazz. Tell your friend to tell their friends. And uh, we are always brought to you by broadwaysportsmedia.com and 440 Sports. Fellas, it is good to see you guys. Uh, but the situation that we have on hand that we have to talk about this podcast is not the funnest thing. A week ago, we were high on life, high expectations, but now we have come back down to earth and uh, talking about the Titans 2021 offseason. Uh, but other than that, how are y'all? Not going to lie, I wasn't ready for it. Wasn't no, I wasn't either. I'll be honest. I was honestly, I was prepared to be talking about going to, in this case, we'd be going to Buffalo. But uh, that's obviously, that's I obviously went biased last week uh, with my Titan Super Bowl prediction because I felt like one of us needed to be biased. <laughs> At some but, point in this podcast, I was going to bring that up and just say, hey, man, do you want to pick somebody else now? <laughs> Um, but I, I, you know, I really did expect, uh, at least another AFC championship appearance. I mean, I thought, I thought this team could make it there based on the offense and, and what Derek's been doing and what we know Tannehill's capable of. I thought, I mean, the, I think one of the things we talked about in this season, during the season was, uh, with this offense, we're in every game, uh, and with the defense, the other teams in every game. Um, but you know, it, it felt like we had a chance to at least win a couple again uh, clearly didn't happen well you expected to be in the AC title game Chris I expected to score more than 13 points <laughs> right listen listen, right. listen yeah. here, here, we talked about all last podcast and all season where's the defense at can we just get can we can we can we play one sound game of football on the defensive side and they did Sunday and it's the one time all season long where the offense goes ghost you score the least amount of points all season long in the biggest game of the year. It's mind-boggling to me how it happens. And people can talk about – we'll kind of talk about it here in a little bit. People can talk about how Arthur Smith called a bad game. You could talk about Mike uh, Mike Grable's fourth and two call. You could talk about um, the lack of, of Derrick Henry. But the question remains, why was the offense so bad Sunday? If you told me that the Titans would have scored or would have held Baltimore to 20 points, I would have shaken your hand and said, okay, I'll see you in round two of the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Easily, easily. That's, I was, I was shocked. And after, after Corey, or uh, excuse me, after AJ scored, I was like, all right, here we go. Titans, Titans offense is rolling again. And literally, we know that's going to be the only touchdown we saw all game. I think I'm over the Titans being up 10 points in a playoff game because that's just a yeah. it's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, it seems to um, be for real. So get up nine points, give 11 points, don't get up 10. <laughs> we'll see what happens. But Chris, in your opinion, what, what Sunday was your biggest thing? Why did the Titans lose? What was it? I tweeted this after the game and, and it was, it was a little bit uh, in jest, I would guess, but I would say, but it, it felt like 
a offensive performance where the offensive coordinator was thinking more about his next job than his current one. You really think that? I saw so I, many tweets about that. You I, really think I, that's what it was? You know, I, I do. I do. I mean, uh, it, that that was just the most uncharacteristic Arthur Smith performance that, that has happened. Um, and it, I don't know. It, there's there's really no other explanation, right? I mean, obviously Derek was running into, into fronts and he couldn't get past the line. But when that happens, the Titans usually put it in Tannehill's hands. And it just didn't feel like they ever wanted to do that. I don't know. I think – I don't want to hold that to Arthur because I know if you asked him, he'd say absolutely not. That's not what happened. I just called a bad game. I think when you're in And Vrabel would say the same thing. uh, Vrabel would say a lot of things um, that you didn't want to hear. But I think in the moment – when you're calling a wild card game, I don't, I don't think you think about other jobs. I, I just I I think John Harbaugh outcoached Mike Vrabel and outcoached Arthur Smith Sunday. Um, I think, and you I gotta say this too. I think the writing was on the wall, guys. I think that our backs were the Titans' backs were against the wall. Um, the last two games that the Titans have played against the Ravens, both wins. I think. It was a recipe for disaster to play the Ravens, that they wanted their revenge game on the Titans. They wanted Lamar to get his first win in the playoffs. I just think it was it was all signs pointed towards the Ravens. And I, Baltimore came with heat. They came yeah, man, they did they they wanted they a wanted major the chip game. on their shoulder. They wanted that game more than the Titans did, and it was plain as day to see. Um, especially when I think probably halftime. When Derek had less than, than 30 yards and you're thinking, okay, well, the second half, he's got to get going. He's got to get going. And he never did. And I think, I think Baltimore knew that they're going to, you know, this is up to Ryan Tannehill to win this game or not. And I will never understand why the Titans don't do more of what Green Bay does with Devontae Adams. Feed A.J. Brown. Keep throwing him the ball. He's the best player on the field. Throw him the ball more. I, I, I'll never get it. Um yeah, I don't either. Especially the the way that AJ has played through through injuries at the end of the season, he has given it his his all out there and made play after play after play, and he made plays every time he got the ball on Sunday. Uh, just to go back to my point about Art Smith, I do want to say that like I don't blame him for for that at all. I mean, he's a, he's a human. That's a, it's you know, if if I was you know pursuing another job right now my mind would be on that new job. I mean, that's just that's just how we are as human beings. Um, that's just how I feel about it. Cause I know, I know how other people are around me. I know how I would be in that situation. I would be thinking about the, the step up to be a head coach. I'll tell I you mean, what. It's a, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for most people, right? It's a, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity that not many coaches actually get. Yeah. Uh, and he has worked his ass off from the bottom of the coaching staff to, to potentially the top, the top guy. Um, and he deserves it. I mean, the, the guy deserves a chance at head coach. And, and I think everybody in that locker room would say the same thing. Uh, so I, I just want to clarify that I don't blame him if that really was the case, but that's what I think it was. Especially too. He's gotten a, he's gotten a phone call from every single opening. So yeah. you don't really he, see that from either. From, Archer's from on second interviews right now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's, he's to me, he's clearly the hottest candidate right now. Yeah, yes. which which three days ago, I uh, two days ago, yesterday, 
Um, I would not have said that either because his name, there's so many random names. And this is how the NFL cycle goes when it comes to coaching. Um, especially, I think that the, the downfall of us as Titans fans wanting Arthur back was the fact that there's so many openings right now, which which hurts because every team's going to interview Arthur Smith, the hottest yeah. offensive coordinator out in the game right now. So I think that hurt. Um, and I think that him putting up such a, a, a dynamic and, and prolific season hurt. Um, we're, we're on the verge of Mike Vrabel having his third offensive coordinator in four years. But for good reason. It's because the first two became head coaches. That's crazy. crazy. That? It's crazy. Wild. What I don't understand is the – the 50% of the fan base that says, okay, good. I'm glad Arthur Smith is leaving. I do or, not understand those people. Or the portion all. of the fan base that says fire Mike Vrabel and hire yes, Arthur Smith bro, as head coach. We, stop, I was going back and that. forth to the guy on Twitter. I was going back and forth to the guy on Twitter earlier about that same thing, uh, Brett. He was saying that, he, good, I'm glad Arthur's leaving. Now um, the talent can really shine. And I'm thinking <laughs> – well, he's the reason for that talent. He is shine. the reason. I mean, why do you think Tano had the best year of his career? And <sighs> AJ's so good in year two. And Derrick Henry. Why do you think Johnny was such a threat in the red zone? It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. What I was getting at, though, was that there's this the NFL cycle that there's so many random coaches that get jobs um, that you've never heard of before. Um, you know, maybe I mean, they're Jared. talking about Gerard Mayo as a head coaching candidate. And that's not a name I expected to be thrown sure, out this offseason. But he is a guy that I would love to have as a Titans defensive coordinator. Just Ooh, saying. Oh, my gosh. Right. Yeah. Just saying. Just saying, Mike Vrabel, <laughs> if, if you're listening to this podcast right now. Um, but I want to go back to something, too, because a lot of people, this is a big, big point in the game. Um, Justin Tucker misses a field goal. Couldn't believe that. Uh, they're up 17 13. It was a bad one, too. Yeah. yeah. It was wide. I'm sorry. But wide right for him. Right. Um, yeah. And so 17 13, tightening the ball back in the driving. And Derrick Henry had a, a, a nice eight yard run. And on second and two, the Titans decided to pass. It wasn't even close. It wasn't uh, even close. I think so. From what I have read and what I've seen and what I watched, it was a run play. Tannehill checked out of that play and then uh, did not get the look that he wanted and threw the ball away. Third and two, incomplete pass again. So now you're up fourth and two. Okay. And I got a little stat for you, real quick. I'll make sure y'all listen to this. Uh, you may have saw it. Uh, but over the last four years, there have been 76 instances of a team trailing in the fourth quarter, facing fourth and two or less between the opponent's 35 and the 50, 75 of those times that team went forward on fourth and two. One team punted, and that was the Tennessee Titans on Sunday. I will never understand it. I would never. Why do teams and coaches go against the analytics? I will never understand it. And, and that's surprising, dude. For, his, for the last three years, we've seen Mike Vrabel do some very questionable things, some very risky things. Think about in London that, that the uh, – The Chargers game. The game-winning uh, touchdown to go for two. Think about that. And there's some other instances, too, you know, that I can't think off the top of my head, but I know for a fact there are. But this time, why punt? You're, you're that close to the, to the end zone, fourth and two. You give it – it's back up. You, why didn't you run Derek on second and two? Why didn't you run Derek on third and two? Why the fuck did you not run Derek on fourth and two? It well, just it my baffles thing. me. In my in my beliefs, 
and what I would do is an offensive uh, philosophy. On second and two, you throw a bomb. Uh, you try to go downfield with that because you should have a free play because that third and two should be a gimme with a bat like Derrick Henry. Sure. Right? Um, so, I, you know, I, I do agree that third and two should have 100% been, been a run. Um, the, the, the decision to punt is like, I mean, that stat you just threw out it tells you everything you need to know. But the decision to punt there was, was cowardly. Uh, it was, and it, I, you know, I don't think Mike Vrabel has been cowardly with his decision making by any means. He's made the wrong decision many times, but I, I wouldn't say cowardly in most instances. Uh, it was weak. I mean, it was just a weak decision. Granted, the defense was playing well. I mean, the, that was the best performance our defense has probably done all season, right? Um, but, but I don't know. It just, it was weak. It was, it, it was one of those instances of where a coach out coaches themselves and puts themselves out of the play. And, is, and in this case, out of the game, what, what I don't understand is I'll right there with, with both of y'all of, of not going for it, but you go back one week before and you're in Houston, Texas and you're down and it's fourth and 11 on Houston's on your side of the field and you go for it when you're trying to win the division and you had, they had no, no chance of converting that fourth down. And then in this one, like you said, it's fourth and two. What, what baffles me too is when it's fourth and two and the way that the defense has played the whole year long, I don't, yes, they're playing their best game of the year on defense, but I don't, it's the playoffs. You're supposed to go win the football game. Vrabel said after the game, I like the way our defense was playing. I thought they were going to, you know, stop them. You mean to tell me that the worst defense in the last 20 years in Nashville is who you bet on versus the best team that this offense has ever produced? I mean, you, I was so upset when I heard him say that because I was like, you mean to tell me that you relied on the worst defense in 20 years in Nashville over the number one offense in the league? That does but, not make any wh- sense. And why would you, why would you want to give the ball back to Lamar Jackson, who was kind of in He's a, in a, carving you up? Yeah. And a, he was in a groove. He had some momentum. Um, another thing, too, if you are going to punt it, Brett Kern's punt didn't go nearly as, you know, no. as far and accurate as, as Kern would have wanted Paul, it to. Paul Kaharski, Paul Kaharski said that if you, he said, if you decide not to go forth there, at least net more than 23 yards. Why not, why not take a delay of game? Back up five yards, give Kern some more room just in case. Why not yeah. do that? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I that, think that, that extra five yards probably helps Kern get a, a call yeah, the there. A hundred percent. I just, I, I, the, the punt wasn't nearly as good as, as Kern wanted it to be, or, you know, nearly none of us, but, um, I bet Vrabel regrets the decision. I bet they talked about it. I'm just publicly not going to come we out. We just won't hear it. Yeah. We just no, won't. Cause that's, that's not who they are and what they do, but, um, all in all, guys, it was it was a fun season. It really was. We had a great time uh, watching and, and talking about it throughout the season. We had a two thousand yard rusher. Tannehill shut up the critics and had another great year. AJ Brown's um, a stud. AJ Brown's a stud. A lot of things to improve on, and as we we kind of talked about this before, air um, we came on here. And- and all of that through a very adverse riddled season. 100%. Uh, a lot of third. adversity this team faced this season. And, and I, I think it's it's worth noting because, I mean, we had our, our best season in, in 12 years uh, in the middle of a global pandemic. Uh, and this this team was uh, the ridicule, the most ridiculed team in the league yeah. for a few weeks because of, because of COVID. Look, I'll tell you what, we, we talked about that game. I think where the momentum really shifted in the game 
was, I believe it was late first. It was late first quarter, and the Titans were up ten nothing. Had already stopped Baltimore on two possessions, and the crowd was rolling. When it was like third and 12, third and 13, and Adoy Jackson had kind of that shadow blitz off the side. And he's got Lamar in the backfield, and Lamar somehow gets out of it, runs around, and then converts that pass 25 yards down the field. After that, the crowd was a lot more quiet because if you stop that offense on three straight possessions, the way the offense was playing on their first two possessions, you're like, okay, we have a chance to go down and go up 17 nothing. And then after that first quarter ended, they turn around, Lamar has that run right down the field, the long one to score that everybody was talking about. If you stop him on that possession, then we could be talking about a much different outcome. Honestly, I believe so. I'm not going to point to the fourth and two as the reason the Titans lost the game because it's, it's foolish. No. Um, yes. The Titans, the Dolphins was bad. Derrick Henry was bad all day. Um, props to the AJ Ravens. was the AJ was the limelight. Honestly, I think what 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 Sunday told me was a few things: uh, is that the defense needs to improve. Um, in a few areas, I think you know something else that you got to think about, guys. Like that's a it's, it's the last time we'll see a few Titans ever play for the Titans again. Um, yep. Maybe more than we even think right now. Name, yeah, name who you want. Um, take your guess, but there's a, there's a lot of guys that won't be back next year. And and I think the players realize that too, because Kevin Byer was talking about that pretty openly yeah. that he doesn't expect a lot of his teammates to be back. I think it also told me that the Titans desperately need another wide receiver. Um, yes because AJ gets so much attention. Uh, Corey does too, but uh, the the whole Khalif Raymond, Cameron Batson. Um, Westbrook Aquino. Listen, I Westbrook know. And, and Hump, that's that's I, that's got to go. That's done with. I, I know we, the Titans fan a, base. We might lose a wide receiver too as well. I know the Titans fan base loves to fall in love with scrub wide receivers, and Khalif Raymond is the latest. I'm I never want over. that dude to see the field again. In yeah, I'm bound about over Khalif. The coolest play Khalif ever made was uh, in Baltimore last yeah. year, the divisional uh, game. Yeah, 100%. about it. So yeah, his time. I'm just tired of. Done. I'm just tired of having to say every year the Titans need a new wide receiver because it seems like the way that's always is. I mean, Honestly. and that's it's it's one of the team one of the positions you need the deepest amount of players though. So it's kind of always going to be that way, right? Revolving door. The yeah, you got you got to keep producing them. The, the fact that Adam Humphreys can't stay healthy, uh, the fact that we're having to resort to death like uh, NWI and, and uh, Russell Westbrook and Khalif Freeman. <laughs> um, I do, I will say, I do think he got better uh, as the season progressed. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't, I wasn't like, when he was on the field on Sunday, it wasn't like, get him off the field kind of situation like it was earlier in the season. Like I, I didn't feel like he was going to drop everything that came his way. Uh, so he has progressively gotten better. I think he could be a, a wide receiver four uh, in the future if, if they keep working on him. Um, but the, you, you got a pretty good chance that Corey's gone. Um, you got a, a, a hopefully good chance that Adam Humphreys is gone because his contract does not validate uh, his, the number of games he actually ends up playing every season. Um, and he's easy, his contract's easy to get out of. We'll talk about that uh, on, on another podcast. But um, you're, you're going to have to e- either sign some free agents or draft some guys at that position. Um, Devontae Smith. 
Yeah, I think you're. Uh, I think you're giving. You're mortgaging the future at this point to get Devontae Smith. He hey, is, uh, he is worth top, it, dog. Top three or four pick. Devontae Smith he is might the be. future. I mean, he might. Name them the Tennessee Devontae. You want to talk about some toughness? <laughs> you want to talk about some toughness though? Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle. Whew. Dog. Give me that, any that boy should. But but in reality, give me Elijah Moore because that's who I would rather have. Facts. Than, I'm glad we're on board there, Chris. Facts. Um. But you know, there's there's a there's a ton, a ton of really good prospects at wide receiver in this draft, and and it reminds me a lot of AJ's draft, right? Yeah. Um, two years ago, there was there were so I mean there were wide receivers in the second round that you were like, man, this guy is going to be a number one someday. Oh, AJ Brown, DK um, Metcalf, third round. DK Metcalf, yeah. So and and I think we're going to see that kind of that kind of perpetuate itself with this this class as well. Um. I'm I'm really excited to see some of the the uh, draft analysis on on this wide receiver class as we progress through the next few months. Um, but you're I mean, like I said, you're going to always have kind of a revolving door there, whether it's wide receiver two, wide receiver four. Like those are those are guys that are going to be on the field no matter what. Uh, I mean, we had wide receiver five and six out there on Sunday, you know. Yeah. Um, so. All right, so we had um, some Twitter questions. Um, I sent a tweet out, and we got some questions from Twitter. So, um, Chris, I'll let you take this one first. Um, hot take. The t- it's not even a question, really. Just get your take on it. Uh, hot take. The Titans switch to a 4-3 defense next season, and their pass rush does a complete 180. I, I've actually been thinking about the 4-3. Um, I think we the, the NFL really goes through ebbs and flows with, <clears> with um, primary defenses, right? Um, Titans are a three-four front, but also ran a ton of nickel. Um, yeah, and and are going to continue. It's a passing league, so the nickel is going to be key no matter what. Um, I do think a four-man front is interesting, uh, but you got to have the pieces for it, and we don't. This team does not have the pieces for a four-three right now. Um, give me Barmore. Yeah, from Alabama. Yeah, um, stud. I will say uh, we'll, we'll talk more about this later, but I, I have a uh, just a tease. We're going to be talking about uh, what we think should happen that's not probably going to happen. Uh, we're each going to give a prediction, and, and mine kind of relates to the front seven. So just to kind of set that up. All right. Next question uh, for you, Brett. Um, running the ball ineffectively, when is it sticking to your identity versus wasting time and down? Should we have abandoned the run earlier versus the Ravens? I don't necessarily think they should have abandoned it earlier, but I think they should have gone with different running options. I think we all we knew the Titans were going to run the, the RPO or, or the play action, but I think it just seemed like every single time the Titans are going up the left guard or up the right guard, Derek is a guy that is so good in space that if you can get him to almost like, I mean, you see it on Madden all the time. If you can almost get him to counter and then step outside, I think that's where Derek is the best. Cause everybody talks about keeping Baltimore inside the numbers. Derek's kind of the same way. I think that if you can get Derek outside of the tackle box and kind of on the edge in space, that's where you can create him. So obviously the run was not working. So I think that you, yes, you could have run more different types of pass plays. But when you have a guy like Derek Henry, I don't necessarily think that you have to abandon the run, but you have to have more available options for him in case game plan one is not working. Yeah. 
I I I agree. Um, you can't abandon the run early because it is Derrick Henry we're talking about here. I just I don't think the the line blocked as well as they could have or have been in the past. Um, not nearly as well as against the Texans, but the Texans do have one of the worst run defenses in the league, and the Ravens have a very very good run defense. So they were ready, um, and I think I'm telling you, I just I think the the Titans got their worst matchup. They could have faced the Browns or the Dolphins could have won or um, could have had the Steelers, somebody like that. Then I think we're talking about a whole different podcast here, but I think the Ravens would, they were out to get the Titans. Baltimore was ready. I think I, I honestly, I honestly believe that of any team in the league of any game in the league in the past two to three years, that this is probably the biggest chip on your shoulder game that there was that Baltimore had coming into Nashville. They were ready to stomp on that logo. Oh and my how gosh. Hard, it's it's hard to beat a team three yeah. years or three times in a one year span. For sure. I mean, it just is. But here's so, the thing too. I you say that and I do agree with you, Chris. That, that that's a hundred percent. But what I hate about Sunday was that the Titans, I feel like beat themselves. Yeah. They didn't just lose. It's hard that to disagree with I would have loved to lose on a Justin Tucker game-winning field goal, you know, 33-30. That would have been more fun than losing the way the Titans did just because you knew that that wasn't fun. That wouldn't have – not the Titans we saw all year long. I mean, where was that offense at? So, it only – kind of recap, we'll say this. Um, it only – that game fuels Tannehill, fuels the Titans to um, get some revenge this next season, get better – a much improved roster because there's a lot of holes uh, the Titans need to fill and, uh, you know, be back to do it again next year. Cause I mean, the Titans are in that, that Super Bowl window right now and um, it, it could close depending on how well John Robinson does this off season. So. Yeah, this, this could be the last year of the, of the Tannehill Henry window, honestly, this could next be. season. Um, so you need to, I mean, I know they have contracts longer than that, but those are contracts that, at some point, you can get get out of if need be. It's like a tomorrow. It's um, like a Demarco Murray type contract. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, you you have to have this this team has to have an excellent all season. Uh, and I know I know J Rob's got a, a whole lot of flack for the mm-hmm. all season he had last year, but he took some some big risks, some big chances, and they just didn't pan out. Pan out. I mean, everybody wanted Jadavian Clowney in the NFL. You know, there were teams we, – we heard how many teams were were pursuing him and talking to him and stuff. Uh, and, and the Titans managed to land him, and it just didn't work out. Uh, with uh, with some of the other moves, you know, it's just uh, no one expected Isaiah Wilson to be a, a year one blessed uh, like he's been. Um, and there's, you know, there's still a chance for him, but I don't think anybody has their hopes up on that. No. Uh, Christian Fulton uh, was was you know playing consistently until he got injured. So uh, that one gets lost. Darrington Evans injuries that one gets lost. So you know it, it wasn't necessarily that that J Rob made bad decisions. It's just that none of those decisions really fell in his favor. All right, last question. Um, we can all kind of talk about this one. Uh, it's from at Titans KCMO. How realistic is it to assume we'll be in the running for the number one seed next year? Also, our schedule is a monster. Side note, this is him giving his little shout. Side note, there's time. Discuss having a guest on the pod to discuss the Titans' perspective from inside Chiefs' kingdom. So this is a, a Titans fan inside Kansas City. So um, shout out to you for listening to the podcast. We appreciate it. 
Um, yeah, guys, have y'all seen the Titans schedule next year? Have you paid attention I, to I it? Got it? I got it pulled up right here. Okay, go for it. So uh, the home opponents that the Titans will face. Uh, so we got Buffalo and then Arizona, Kansas City, and then obviously Indianapolis, Houston, Jacksonville, Miami, and San Francisco will all be coming to Nissan Stadium in Nashville. That's a good the home schedule. Road, a great home schedule. And the road games that the Titans will be playing, obviously they'll be going on the road to Houston, Indianapolis, and Jacksonville. The Titans will be going to the Meadowlands to play the New York Jets. They'll be going to Foxborough to play the Patriots. They'll also be on the road in Pittsburgh, in Seattle, and in uh, the Los Angeles Rams brand new stadium. And it could be you. Titans could have one more opponent as well. The, yeah, the, the seventeen rumor, game schedule, right? Yeah, rumors are the Saints. Right. Um, I think yep. I don't know why that would make sense. Why not be an AFC team? But the rumors are the Saints. I think is what I saw. So, um, yeah, looking so on paper, guys, that is a brutal schedule in my opinion. But you guys know how the NFL works. There are teams that are good this year that will be bad next year. There are teams that will be bad. This year they'll be good next year. It's how it's how it works. So um, you could see, this is my opinion, the Steelers will definitely take a step back, in my opinion. Um, the Seahawks could, the Rams could, the Jets will still suck. The Patriots will most likely still suck. Um, the Colts could suck. Um you know, I do I do want to jump in real quick and, and just point out that uh, of those 16 games, 12 of those games have teams with questionable questionable quarterback situations right now sure and that's a lot um so i mean that's that's three-fourths of your schedule right there that teams don't even know who their quarterback's going to be next year right now that's a good point it'll be interesting it's still way too early to even talk about and kind of you know figure out but on paper it's it's just looking at it it looks like a brutal it'll be it'll be it'll be a much different story when when game (laughs) times and the actual schedule order is released well i mean i'm not going to it's not like too much of a fan here, but like, what if the Titans have the best offseason this season? And then it's like, okay, this, you know, the schedule's not that bad. The Titans are the team to beat in all these games, that kind of thing. So, way too early to discuss. Um, but those are the Twitter questions. So, thank you guys so much for, uh, for, for bringing those in. Um, we're all pretty set on Arthur Smith is will not be back next year. Is that a thing? We're all going to agree. I'm, there. I'm yeah. getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't think he's back. I think he's gone. He can go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I think you, I think you'll have multiple offers. Uh, oh, I he'll agree. Have his, his pick. Um, My guess would be Atlanta. If he leaves, I, just get him out of the division. I, I, don't I think Atlanta's that probably a pretty good bet. Um, I was thinking about this. Do y'all agree that the Eagles' job is the worst opening? Yes. Uh, yes. I mean, uh, an awful salary cap situation. No quarterback. Well, two chill, quarterbacks I, I, that, that yeah, chill, chill out. I, are <laughs> two quarterbacks that they don't know if they can actually be quarterbacks in the NFL right now yeah. or not. Um, I don't know. It just and, and a very old team. I mean, just the, the that roster itself is is old. I don't. I think it's the least attractive job. Not sure how Howie Roseman's not lost his job yet. Eagles are a mess, man. Yeah. I'm serious. What about the What about Detroit though? I mean, they don't have. I don't think they have that bright of a future either. Probably not. I mean, but. We say this every other year, Brett. Like it's Detroit. Until something really does change, yeah. then I, there's not much to talk about. Um, yeah. The rosters, yeah, it's not yeah. the greatest. But um, for all we know, Stafford might not even be there next year. 
I would. I have a few theories on Stafford. Would love to see I would Pittsburgh. Like some, I would like for somebody to save Stafford. Yeah, Pittsburgh, Indy, Carolina, um, Carolina. Uh, There's a few England, teams. New England. Stafford should be a, a, him and Matt Ryan. I think should should be a, a, a couple teams. That's fair. Um, that, they said they've they've talked about Atlanta possibly drafting a quarterback anyways. So I think I think this is the year. Um, you have the fourth pick. When are you going to get that high again? You got to take your quarterback this there's, year. So. There's a good chance that Justin Fields could fall to Atlanta I as well. I think it's going to be Justin Fields. I would have to. That's my yeah. guess. And that's a home. That's a hometown kid for him too for the Falcons. So that'd so. be pretty cool. Especially if Zach Wilson goes too, like everybody's projecting him now from BYU. So. Then you got oh, – I love – dude, I love the draft. Chris, I know you do too. The draft is yeah, my yeah. favorite time of yeah. the year. My because time of year. you, you got to remember guys like Trey Lance uh, from North Dakota State. Then you have yep. uh, Trask, Mac Jones. Like, teams are going to reach on – Sam Ellinger. Don't get me started on Sam Ellinger. Still out. What do you, what do you think about – where's Sam going? Uh, what round? Future, future Titan. He's gonna no, be he's gonna no. be Tannehill's backup the next two years. Wednesday. I would love Mac Jones to be that, but it depends. That's I don't fair. know how Mac Jones just winning the national title and being a Heisman finalist. I think his draft stock has gone up rather than down, and I think the Titans could should draft a guy like Mac Jones in like the third fourth round and not a Cole McDonald in the will seventh he be, round. Will he be he, will he be available in the third? Fourth I don't round? think so. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't think he. Would I think be. I think he's probably gonna be like a Jalen Hurts type dra- like draft draft stock yeah. not player but draft stock yeah it's it's gonna be wild all right chris you didn't bring it up yet so i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about it i have a hot take um yeah let's hear it it, it, again i don't want to say it's not too much of a hot take but just to just to preface this austin texas this week and said i've got a hot take for you on the podcast (laughs) i I don't know if it's a hot take or not but it's, it's it's how i feel about this season um a year ago the titans overachieved correct yeah oh yeah for sure um, nine and seven, they beat the Patriots on the road, beat the Ravens on the road, should have beat the Chiefs on the road to go to the Super Bowl. So that's an over, they overachieved big time. How it happened, um, when all those games in a row, Tannehill's quarterback, y'all know what happened. The 2020 Titans overachieved, guys. Overachieved, they overachieved, okay, um, because the defense was very bad, the offense pulled them out of a lot of games. Um, had to put up a lot of points in almost every single game to beat the defense. Um, if Let's go back and look at the schedule. Oh, uh, yeah, I was going to say we need to bring that up. So bring the schedule up. So let's talk, let's talk about week one in Denver. Titans could have lost that game, correct? Should, maybe should have. Okay, so there's yeah. that one. Um, they could have lost that game to Jacksonville week two. Yep. Probably should have lost that game to Minnesota week three, Okay. So you're looking at, you know, one and two right there, 0 oh and three possibly, depending on how – if the games go the other way. Buffalo, they whooped their ass. Um, could have lost to Houston in overtime. But but also remember that that COVID – that was COVID week. That was Correct. The COVID period. So, I mean, who knows what that week would have looked like had the Titans been practicing and all that normal stuff. So there's that. Houston. Um, barely beat Houston at home. You got Pittsburgh as a loss. Cincinnati got their ass kicked by Joe Burrow. Handily beat Chicago, um, lost to Indy on Thursday night football. You beat Baltimore on the road in overtime. Could have lost that game. Probably should have lost that game if it wasn't for A.J. Brown making that great touchdown. Um, You beat the brakes off Indianapolis, get your ass kicked by Cleveland, and then you beat Jacksonville handily, beat Detroit handily, get your ass kicked by Houston – or by Green Bay. And you could argue, guys, they should have lost to Houston at the very end. Um, So, I think looking back – 
this season was great. I, it was such a fun season. They're AFC South champions. We have been stressing that for year after year now. But it just doesn't feel like it to me. I'll be honest. It just it doesn't feel it's, as good as it could have been because the Titans just kind of squeaked by. They 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 had to compete with Indy at the very end to win those games, and and it came down to week seventeen for it to happen. So I think is, it, is it fair to say? Is it fair to say that uh, with last year's defense and this year's offense, this is a fourteen or fifteen win team? That's totally fair. I think. I think 13-14. 13-3, yeah. They they beat they probably beat um Pittsburgh. They beat Cincinnati. They probably, they would probably, maybe win the Thursday night Indianapolis game. Probably beat Cleveland. So Austin, Austin, do me a favor. Go so go go through that schedule. Yeah. And with with this defense, because I, I, I know you got it pulled up. With yeah. this with this defense, if the Titans had an offense of the 2013 all 2013 Titans 2014 Titans if they had that offense <laughs> what's the, what, yeah, what's the record what's the record oh, go through that schedule win. what's the record Four, yeah 3 and 13 uh, all the games you probably beat you though. probably beat the Jags once probably lose oh, both man. Houston games yeah oh yeah, yeah i mean those were probably, both that, that would be you're losing those. Those. those would be tight yeah um you, you may lose, lose to Detroit the, dude you lose the you lose the Baltimore game Lose Baltimore. You might win the. You probably win the Bears game. You win the Bears. That the Bears would have been like those one of one of those like 10-6 defensive quote unquote yeah. shootouts type games. I just I, I just think the Titans overachieved in twenty twenty. I do. Um, Which is weird to say to because be fair, everybody, was, everybody was like, "Hey, the Titans should win the division this year too." Your record prediction was ten and six, so they technically did overachieve. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Especially in the kicking situation. Just everything about this season. The Titans, I just feel like it, this season could have been more. And it wasn't. And I think it had to do with um, no DC as well. Add that into it, the mix. Vrabel. Oh, no. Shane, Shane Bowen was DC, remember? Correct. Vrabel was, was DC. Yeah. Vrabel and Bowen. Vrabel made that very clear. I love that DC remark. The title. Yeah, I kind of got lost in, 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 in it kind of took a life of its own and Bowen called the plays. We knew that, Mike. You could have said that week four. We knew that, dog. Yeah. Oh, uh, but that now, was my take. Do you think he was trying to protect Bowen? Like, not giving uh, yes. him the title, knowing that he probably wouldn't uh, be great well, in his first year. Possibly. But I mean, I don't know. why are you so secretive? Why are you so – why when media ask you questions week after week, the same questions usually, you give the same answer when – just say it. That's all we want to know. Just say it one time, and we're not going to ask you anymore. Injuries. Um, play calling. Just say what you mean. Okay. Instead of this stupid big dick ego that he has, and we wouldn't ask as many questions. We'd be as pissed off at you. I'm sorry, Brett. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. I know because I want well, it goes right into what you're saying. We talked about it before we hopped on. And Chris, I know you said that me, all of us are gonna bring it up. I Austin, what you're saying goes right into what Corey Curtis said the other day yeah. on his on his on his show with Emily Proud. It goes right into what he was saying. I mean, I, I know agree. Chris, I know you said you're gonna bring it up too, because I'm, that was yeah. a that was a deafening i guess it was like a minute and a half probably deafening minute and a half from court and i think a lot of people feel that way but they just don't want to say it but at the same time as as some of the other media jumped in and said against Corey, 
Prabhu doesn't owe anybody anything. Exactly. No, no I agree I with that agree. too. I agree, I agree with that too. It was just, I mean, I he, think... really, he doesn't. And, and, and think about this. Who did Vrabel learn from that does this same shit? Bill Belichick. I mean, he, he is a Belichick disciple. For sure. Yeah. I mean, he's not a Bill O'Brien or an Urban Meyer disciple. I, he is a I, Belichick disciple. I'm a big fan of Mike Vrabel. And I, I don't want his ego getting in the way of um, winning games, losing fans, um, the fans turning against him. Just – I, I I think this offseason, maybe he has a um, new mindset in the 2021. I just hope that he has a clean slate, and I hope he just admits the, the mistakes he made this last year, corrects those, and, and moves on. I hope he hires a D.C. He figures out the offensive coordinator situation because I, I, we could be looking at two new coordinators on both sides, man. This is going to be a – 2021 Titans are going to look a lot different for a lot of different reasons. It's going to be a new uh, kind of a first start to all of us besides the, the, the GM and the head coach. Got a few key positional players, but a lot of moving parts. And one thing I do want to say is, like, the Titans fans that are like, like I mentioned earlier, fire Mike Vrabel and hire Art Smith. Like The 92%. We Yeah. we those That uneducated part of the fan base drives me crazy. Yeah. I mean, we have – listen to this. and I mean, think about this for a minute. We have a GM who's been in the role for five years. We have a head coach that's been in his role for three years. We've never had a losing season under either one of them. No. I mean, fan- we, we, I mean, the fan base has experienced five straight years of winning football and now has an AFC South championship that we haven't had since 2008. That's what don't I love. Take, and hate. Don't yeah. take that for granted. And I love and hate about the fan base because, yeah, correct. Um, I was at every two and fourteen, every three and thirteen game those seasons, Brett. I think Same. You, yeah, I was too. Yeah, I, yeah. I was every game. I, I remember those days. Yep. Um, I love the winning seasons. There's nothing wrong against that. But Chris, to to to, to counter that, looking at the glass half full, the, the fans want more now. They, 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 they got the taste of the AFC title game. They want more than that. This team, I mean, they talk a big game. Back it up. Go to the Super Bowl. Make, right. And make, I, I agree. I, I always have higher aspirations, right? For but, sure. But don't become a don't become a Philadelphia Eagles fan base and, no. and, and want John Robinson's head on a, on a stick. No. You know what I mean? Be happy with what happened this season. Yeah, I, as much as I said, you know, this they overachieved – I had a lot of fun watching it week after oh, week. You, so it was one fun. of my favorite Titans years to date. I'll be honest. I had a lot oh, of fun watching it. So, um, status over. We can all agree on that. But I'm, I'm very excited to see what's next because I think that the Titans have a lot to improve on. It could be a lot better next year. Austin, you mentioned how different this team may look uh, next year. And I know, Chris, you mentioned earlier, too. We'll have a podcast where we where we further discuss, it, but discuss this. But I want you all to listen real quick to – these names that will possibly not be here next year. Okay. You guys ready? Yep. It's, it's a lot. So here we go. So obviously you have Clowney. He's probably not going to be back. So after that, you have Daquan Jones, Corey Davis, Steven Gostowski, Michael Pruitt, Ty Sambrillo, Jack Crawford, Will Compton, Marshall Newhouse, Nick DeZubner, Chris Milton, Jeff Swain, Sonoris Perry, Darren Bates, Matt Overton, Ty Smith, Jonu Smith, 
All those are unrestricted free agents. Then you have Anthony Ferkser, Deontay Foreman, Khalif Raymond, Breon, and I'm sorry, Ferkser and Deontay Foreman are RFAs. Khalif Raymond is a UFA. Then you have Breon Borders, Wyatt Ray, Desmond King, Jayon Brown, Jamil Douglas, Matt Dickerson, Nick Westbrook, Akina, Josh Kalu, and Kari Blossom game. Every single one of them is either an unrestricted free agent, restricted free agent, or an ERFA. All of them, though, with expiring contracts. I don't know how many names you said, but that's like half the roster. It is. And, the, and the Titans currently have $6 million in cap space. Yep. Now, granted, uh, I'm going to throw a few other names out there that I see that are high-priority pro- high cuts, uh, mainly because of the way they played or didn't play, <laughs> for that matter, this season. One of those being Adam Humphreys. Uh, his his contract just doesn't justify the the amount of games he plays, uh, and you can get out from it fairly easy with not much dead cap space. Uh, another one I think is Kenny Vaccaro. Uh, Kenny looked a step slow most of the season, uh, especially the latter part of the season. Especially uh, Sunday. Especially yeah. Sunday. Uh, and I don't know if he's playing through injury or, or right. what, um, but he there's definitely a, a step there, and I think. I personally felt like the defense was a, a little better in the back end whenever Amani Hooker was the guy out there. I'm a big uh, Amani Hooker that, fan. In the games that Carl missed. I am too. Um, and then another guy that that you can get out from under his contract uh, and maybe considered is the Dory Don't Jackson. Okay. Uh, you, Titans can get out of that fifth-year option with no dead cap space, and that's $10 million. Um do you restructure the, Malcolm? The salary, I think you restructure Malcolm. I think you can restructure Lawan. I think you can probably even restructure Bayard. Uh, that's a lot of money you can push push off to future seasons, and, and those it are doesn't guys, really hurt those, you. Those are guys that would restructure as well for the yes. benefit of the team. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. I don't even know the and, guys personally, but I know that's what they would and, do. And it's not like restructuring actually hurts your pocket. I mean, like, I mean, in today's NFL, restructuring actually benefits the player. Most cap NFL. space is fake. The cap is fake. Yeah, and I, you know, right now it's set at I think 175 million. I, I think it's going to end up being higher than that uh, when the official number comes out. I think, so I, think too. I think most of, of NFL media agrees with that. Um, but right now you're looking at six million uh, with those cuts and those restructuring those few guys. You can easily get uh, 30 or 40. So that's uh, that's something I think we're going to see a lot of in in uh, Titans news over the next month or two is is some players being cut that might not be expected and, and quite a struggle. Chris, what was the question you wanted to ask us? So I'd like for uh, all of us to make a prediction and that be uh, what do you think should happen this offseason but isn't likely to happen? All right, you go first. Um, I personally believe that Rashawn Evans should be moved to outside linebacker. I don't think it happens. I think he's been kind of solidified as a, as a starting inside linebacker, but yeah. uh, his his uh, ability to to hit the hit the line without thinking about it, I think, is uh, better suited for outside linebacker. I think he overthinks as an inside linebacker, yeah. uh, and and if he knows if he has one job uh, and that's to rush the passer, I, I think he he'd uh, be excellent at it. We saw it at Alabama. Uh, we know he's capable, uh, but. They've just they kept him in that inside linebacker role uh, his entire career uh, at this point, and um, so I that's think, why I don't think it happens. But I, I think moving to a 
Well, I don't know. You think outside linebacker in a 4-3 helps him? Yeah. I mean, I kind of do too. Uh, I've thought about that as well. Um, I think outside linebacker in, in either a 3-4 or 4-3 would benefit Rashawn Evans. And I think that's a guy that you need to invest in right now because he's a guy that's coming up on, you know, needing a fifth-year option. And at this point, you don't pick it up, I don't think. No, right? no, so, no, I agree. <clears throat> so, And I love Rashawn. Rashawn was my pick that year, 18. Yeah, I, I remember was like, Rashawn Evans is, is who I wanted. Yeah, I yeah. mean, Rashawn <clears throat> was my, my breakout player projection this year. Yeah. I thought he'd. I thought he'd lead the league in in tackles by now, but um, I don't know. I mean, I just I think you have to invest in in putting him in a position. And I, I always believe you don't fit players to uh, a scheme; you fit the scheme to the players, right? So you need to figure out where Rashawn Evans as a player is best suited to be on the field. And I think that's outside linebacker. I think that's rushing off the edge, full time. He's got the speed for it. Oh, absolutely has a speed. He, I mean, he has the, he has that little twitch too that that you see on on those goal line stands. He can yeah. he can cut through there, no problem. When I, when I found out that he had the speed was when he chased down Zeke Elliott in Dallas a couple years ago, and and basically saved the game with that tackle at the one because KB ended up picking it up, picking it off a couple of plays later. Bro, what but you got? I think for I, th- I think for mine, and this will probably make you guys upset. I think the Titans should hire a defensive coordinator, but I don't know if they do. I think that Shane Bowen is one of Vrabel's guys and Vrabel brought him in to help this defense, to coach the linebackers, to coach the defense. And the other day when Vrabel told the media, he said, look, Bowen technically was a defense coordinator. He looked at the media and said, you guys get too, too rattled up into official titles of the team. Bowen was calling the place. He was our defensive coordinator. That's just how it was. And I assisted in it because I'm a defensive guy. I'm the head coach. And I can see Vrabel next season, saying, hey, look, we got to do better jobs as coaches. We, we didn't have – we didn't do a good job last season. That's why we didn't play as well. We have to do a better job as coaches. We have to coach our players up, and that's what we're going to do this year. And I could, I could definitely see that happening. Hey, you know what's going to happen? Um, if he does not hire defensive coordinator and the Titans uh, don't win more than 11 games again next year, you know, that seat's starting to get hot. A little bit. Yeah, but um, if you win the AFC South again, though, I mean, then it won't be as I, high. I kinda, but. Yeah, I actually kind of agree with you, Brett. I think uh, I think if any if he doesn't bring in someone from the outside, I think he does probably give Bowen the title. Yep. Um, just because of of all the backlash he's kind of faced from it this season. Uh, I also kind of wonder, like, if J. Rob and and Amy kind of tell him, "Hey, you got you got to do what it takes to fix this defense," and that may be bringing in. Somebody from the outside. I do think if he brings in somebody from the outside, it's probably Romeo Cornell. That would be my prediction for, for DC. I mean, Don't that's a guy that he has a ton of respect for. Um, and obviously, he's, he's. So the Titans defense goes from 31st to 24th. Great. Can't wait. Right. I would have no, been fine with Dan Quinn. That would have been nice. Honestly, or, or Gus Bradley. At this point, you got to find people who have ties to Brable. That's the only way they're going to be brought in here. So. Man, and yeah, I, I, I'm. Right. A, but I agree with you, Chris. Real quick, I agree with you about maybe it's it's J. Rob or Amy telling him to figure it out because that's the reason that Malarkey is not the head coach right now. It's because yeah. he would not get rid of his guys. So it's gonna have to be done. Right. All right. Mine then, is. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Sorry. No, go ahead. 
Go ahead. Mine is that I think the Titans should re-sign Corey Davis, but they won't. Reason being is the money. I think um, I, I told y'all weirdly. I think it helped that Corey didn't get a thousand yards. Um, that could help his contract. Maybe I have no idea. Um, but Corey's a guy that probably deserves or should get between the ballpark range of nine and a half to, to eleven, somewhere in that range. Um, is that too much for the Titans to pay to a wide receiver when you have other positions to pay? Probably. Um, but you also you also took got the number five pick, and he just had his best season yet in that contract year that he was playing for. Do you bring him back? Is it is it a, is it is it a three year deal with a lot more incentives um, instead of the, the 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 normal longer contract, or do you let him walk and he you know goes to a team like the Jets or Eagles or a team desperately needing a wide receiver and he gets paid paid so. Yeah, I think I think one of the things that could benefit uh, re-signing Corey is if they do let Hunt go, because uh, that that frees up almost the money you need uh, to to sign Corey. Yep. Um, but I also think you you probably need to bring in another free agent wide receiver. Uh, Trey, Trey McBride, <laughs> Tyrone Calico. I love how you just said that with like such a straight face too. Y'all know um, me. McBride's my guy. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> and it, which uh, which restaurant is he working at nowadays? Is he at McDonald's? He's, he's probably yeah, he's probably, <laughs> he's probably doing um life insurance or something. Um, wow. real oh, estate, man, you I, know, real estate's wow, the big wow. thing now. Real estate, yeah, hey, especially for work, former Titans wide receiver. Yeah. Exactly. Um, no, I, I I agree. I don't I don't think unless unless situation changes, I don't see Corey coming back. I think I think somebody's going to offer Corey a ton of money. Yeah. I think if the Titans want to re-sign Corey Davis, it's going to have to be from seven and a half to nine, realistically, which nice. I don't think he would go. And for you know, because, and that would be so team friendly as well. Because pretty much all of them could use help at wide receiver. I wouldn't be shocked if the team that Art Smith lands with is the team that signs Corey Davis. That's a, that's a great. Could you imagine if he goes to Atlanta and they keep Julio, and then you got Calvin the way he's playing, and then you throw Corey in there as well, and then you I, throw I think, Justin Fields think, in at quarterback. I think Corey signs somewhere as the one or two. I don't think he he goes to a team that already is that established team, in that, that team. That well, do you do you, do you think he do a three there? Because then you can just throw then you can just throw Calvin in there in the slot and go to town. Yeah, you could move Calvin to the slot. Yeah, I mean, I would rather talk about the Titans having Corey Davis as a number two I would than too. figuring out who the hell the next number two for the Titans is going to be. I really think that uh, you have to. I really think you have to sign Corey at seven half to nine if you want to keep him and bring in other big free agents. If you want, if you want Ngakwe, if you want somebody like that, or if you want to re-sign Jay on or, or cut this guy, you're going to have to sign him for less than double digits in the contract. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest with you out of, out of that list of uh, names that uh, Brett read off earlier of all the free agents, the three I would prioritize personally are uh, John Daquan Jones and Desmond King. Uh, I mean, I think, I think especially knowing that we just gave up draft capital for Desmond King uh, he's a guy that you probably want to lock in for the next few years, especially with the way he played. I mean, he's yeah. stud. stud. He was a stud. He is yeah, stud. stud. Um, so do you, so, do, you let, do you let David Long take over Jayon Brown's position officially? Yeah. I, I, and I said this earlier, uh, right after Jayon got hurt, the the benefit to Jayon getting hurt is he might be cheaper. I would uh, I, I would love to keep Jayon Brown. Love I him. mean, I would too. I love Jayon. Jayon's Jay one of my favorite guy. players on the defense, but – you, if, if he's going to get a pretty good paycheck, 
I don't know if you want to be the ones doing it with him. Do you think it's a, do you think it's an Avery Williams type situation before he went to the Jets? Jayon significantly better than Avery exactly. Williams. Yeah, exactly. and that was part of a regime where the Titans didn't pay players. Right. They didn't, they, the players they had, they didn't. And, and Jay Rob has shown that he'll he'll pay the players he believes in. He'll reward for sure. Yeah, 100%. and typically it's worked out because it's. Other, I mean, KB's had flashes this year, but Lawan's always going to be good. You never have to worry about that. So there's no. a lot of work to do. There's a lot of work to do. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, you're right, Brett. A lot of work to do, and um, we'll have many, many more podcasts before the draft and and things like that. We'll get some guests on and talk about draft coverage and and free agency coverage and things like that. So, um, this y'all, one, t- y'all tweet us with some some uh, some guests you might want to try to see on the yeah, podcast. For sure. for sure, tag them, tag them in the comments. We'll tweet that out. Um, but it was a fun season. Thank you all for listening throughout the season. Sad it's over. We'll take a break for a few weeks and, and hit you guys back strong and. Um, it's just some some big Titans news we got to cover. Um, but um, as always, you can get us on Twitter at Second and Victory. Um, on Instagram at Second and Victory. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Um, find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, we appreciate it. Love you guys. And as always, tighten up. Tighten up. Tighten up.